Hello, it's Sue Stiles, your host of Hindsight's 2020, and today I am going to be interviewing Mark Gordon. Mark and I go way back, and uh, he's been a constant source of help and support, um, and I really wanted to interview him and share him with the world because he's got a lot of insight and tidbits. And one thing, Mark, um, that you shared with me when we were just talking about Hindsight was um, that you are able to help reveal people's value and you're just you know that you're a real encourager and I have to ask um, you know introduce yourself a bit but where did that come from like are you born with that or no I think it's something you have to work at um, oh, okay. I wasn't naturally an encourager I was actually uh, you know I grew the way I grew up it, in my experiences and stuff um, it was kind of a, a bit of a self-protection type thing and so I had to actually develop that and grow into it, but uh, I believe you can, I believe you, if you make the choice, and actually you, you use the term there, like my vision statement for life is to reveal the value every person possesses. And so because of that, it guides my decision-making and it guides me on how I treat people. So I really uh, had an epiphany a few years ago that we, that we, you know, that I wanted to be an encourager. I wanted to encourage people. The word encouragement means to, impart courage and I wanted to I, I saw in my own life in history mm -hmm. that it was very difficult to muster courage up and it wasn't until someone was encouraging me that I realized wow we're actually supposed to help each other and encourage each other we don't we're not supposed to do this life alone that's I mean exactly why I wanted to create this series where we're sharing each other's wisdom and maybe in your case some courage so if someone's sitting and listening to your story that they can get courage from it. And how nice to have somebody on your team who can reveal the courage. Now, I didn't introduce what you do for work, but you're a pastor, a leader of a church. So that kind of goes hand in hand, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that, uh, I would say I'm not an encourager because I'm a pastor. I probably became a pastor because I was an encourager. And so it, it, the order matters for me. Um, also, I don't see uh, ministry or the, the church world and, and uh, being a pastor as something, um, you know, religious. I, I see it as actually relationship development. And so out of that, of course, I also have my Relationship Matters uh, coaching practice and do a lot of speaking around uh, empowering relationships. And I'm really passionate about seeing families have a healthy uh, vibrant relationships within them and organizations and so I think it goes hand in hand uh, for sure but I think I don't uh, I don't think that I would be a good pastor if I wasn't an encourager well I'm sure they're they're out there we won't get into that but um, well, you know, a, a business background right so I you know I I still have this entrepreneur thing in me uh, and uh, so I still do a lot of entrepreneurial type stuff too and I'm involved with the business community that's exactly what I was just thinking right now, that you come from business, and you and I talk about business quite a bit. Yeah. And um, we'll, cut, we'll circle back around to family and relationships and what really matters. But what I always am asking my guests to start off with, you know, when it comes to business, Mark, um, best and worst way that you have experience on how to get clients. I mean, it doesn't matter what business you're in, we all um, have a service or a product that we provide. Can you share in your experience what's been the best way and the, then the worst way to get clients? 
Well, I, I think the best way, I'll start with the positive. I think the best way is really uh, meaning what you say and say what you mean uh, and connecting with people. I think word of mouth is always the best way to develop clients. It's a slower process on the sales cycle, but it's a more authentic one. And so it lasts longer, it goes deeper, you end up with getting referrals from people. In fact, I had a couple today that I was coaching who came to me because I helped someone else and they told them about it and said, you got to see this guy, he made a big difference. And so I think referral is the best way to grow a business. Uh, I can't, uh, you know, advertising, um, you know, paying advertising dollars and all of that kind of stuff for the hope that somebody's going to buy, I don't think really works as well. I think awareness, I think if you have a strong message, if you have a strong purpose behind your business, and you want that message to get out there, there's nothing wrong with, you know, certain kind of uh, advertising and whatnot. But I much prefer the storytelling. I much prefer the testimonial, the referral type thing. I think it's way better. Uh, where I failed the most in trying to get is when I try and step outside of my authenticity. I try and step outside of who I am as a person because I'm the product, right? And so, you know, it doesn't matter what you're selling, you're the product. And so if you step outside of authenticity, when the people experience and actually end up making a purchase and they don't experience what you presented, they won't be a customer for very long. And then you end up having to find new brand new customers. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been proven it costs more money to find new customers than it does to maintain old ones. And, and, and the key to that is relationship development. Of course, that comes back to my thing. But I really do believe that. I believe that uh, this whole idea of selling people things doesn't work anymore. It's more that you have to help them purchase. And, well, and right? Yeah. You need to match their need with what you offer. And it has to be done in an authentic way. I just heard at a conference, a big marketing conference, that um, content is no longer king. Community yes. is king. Absolutely. And, yeah. Absolutely. So that's what you're saying too. And real community, not not just a uh, a picture of community on a limited social media platform. <laughs> not, not a whole bunch of follower. Twenty eight thousand followers doesn't always mean what you think it means right that, yeah. that's that's my point I, I don't think that that guarantees a sale and yeah okay I, I'm not going to go against the experts that you know you have to build lists and you have to build all these things but I can tell you my lists come from referrals they come from people who maybe watch something I've produced and they say man you got to go look at this like it really helped me and or hey you're going through this you got to listen to this guy because he speaks to that issue that to me is a much more uh, organic and, and better way. Yeah. yeah. It's nice to hear other people's experiences and, uh, and, and your example just today. So, I mean, there it yeah. works, right? Absolutely. Now, so the show, um, the show Hindsight's 2020 is about looking back and finding the wisdom, you know, when you look back on an experience. Yeah. And I wanted to ask if you could share what um, if you had a defining moment looking back in hindsight that affected the course of your life going forward? Yeah, there, there's uh, several. I mean, I think if we've lived long enough, we probably have lots of them. But the one, the one main one that really was a critical time for me was actually in the midst of failure. 
I uh, uh, had our business. We had a tele, uh, like a telecommunications company. We had a restaurant. Uh, there's a whole lesson in that too. We were a little bit too entrepreneurial, too diverse. Uh, but that's another episode. Um, but what happened was, is we lost everything r fairly rapidly, and we found ourselves in a very difficult situation. And I don't tell you have time to tell you the whole story, but we were very distraught. We were kind of out of opportunities. Um, technically, I still owned a business, so we couldn't even get help from the government or anyone else. We really had to pull our socks up. But in that, it was a catalyst. I always say that you know, um, failures are an opportunity for growth. And so we, we took that opportunity for growth and we started asking ourselves, what are we on this planet for? Yeah. Why? I just want to ask when yeah. you're saying we, do you mean you and a business partner or is this you and your family? This is my, uh, yeah, sorry, I should clarify that. It's my wife and I, Sandy and I, okay. we kind of had to look at our lives and say, what do we want out of it? What, what are we supposed to contribute? You see up to then I can almost, I can be very transparent and say we were, we wanted to build a kingdom so that we had money. We had all our goals were around what we desired in life, what we wanted around us. And there's nothing wrong with those things in themselves, but I think they become empty. If you, if you actually do make it and make all the money, it's not really the money that people are after. It's really to build something. When you're an entrepreneur, you want to build something, you want to solve something, you want to, you know, do something that is going to make a difference in this world. A uh, great example, I have a friend in town who's a realtor, and, and he just really felt a burden for seniors that they were getting taken advantage of in housing deals, especially when it was their last sale of their family home and they were moving into some kind of, uh, you know, center where they assisted living. And so he has made a business out of just helping, making sure they know what they're signing, that they know what they're uh, doing. And so his purpose is to help them and to be there for them in their time of transition. It just so happens he's a realtor and actually helps him in that, that legal process as well. But it's, uh, his reputation has been gained because of that. And so that's a good example of what I mean. We had to look inside ourselves and we found something uh, that was greater purpose. And that's when we realized, you know what, we got to re kind of rejig and re reboot. And so that was a defining moment for me. So you, you lose, you know, a business, everything is gone. You have no finances coming in. When you think back to that time, I mean, in the middle of it, are you able, or is someone saying, Hey, Mark, uh, you know, this is an opportunity or is it through the struggle that you, you kept looking deeper until you found an answer? How did that come about? Yeah, I think, I think it's a little bit of both. I think we, you know, you're, the, the turmoil, the structure, it's like, what are we going to do now? You're asking yourself questions. I mean, there's, there was the, if I had time to tell the whole story, there was daily uh, crisis because we had no food for our children. And, uh, and I couldn't go uh, just, you know, very quickly. We, I had to go to the welfare office with my wife. She says, we got to do something. And of course, I was embarrassed. I was, uh, I was full of shame. And I, and, I went, and I went into this and she said, well, if Sandy left me with the kid, like left with the kids, that they would help her. But because I still technically owned a business, they couldn't help us. And it was a very moment of, of awakening for me saying, why am I putting my trust in the government? Why am I putting my trust in, in, in those kinds of systems when I have it within me to be successful because I'd already proven it? And, I, and I, it's just I need to get on the right track. And so that was a catalyst for us to say, you know what, there's more to life than what we were chasing. 
And that, it was out of that time that we actually ended up, I mean, the, the end result in the long term was, was pastoral ministry, but, but really in the short term, we, we started Youth Center, which you knew about, you, you were part of that. We started all kinds of, uh, you know, mercy houses for kids that were runaways. And so I used the entrepreneurial business skills that I learned while being in business and applied them to a, uh, a social business, if you will. And uh, that's, that was the start of a whole new world. And since then, we've, we've had uh, a lot of uh, very successful endeavors. What would you say, um, if you thought about it, uh, what was the hardest thing you had to learn coming through that experience? Yeah, I think the hardest thing was uh, that um, failing is not meaning I'm a failure and that um, everybody makes mistakes. I think there's two real important people lessons I learned. One is I would put too much trust in the wrong people and I didn't put enough trust in the right people. And how you know that is how developed and how good is the relationship and are they trustworthy? Have they shown signs of being trustworthy? I think I kind of put too much trust in people in the business thing where um, I um, trusted other people to do what I should have been doing. Mm. And on the flip side, uh, I didn't release uh, uh, enough responsibility or authority to people that did, ha did show the abilities uh, because I was scared from the other time, right? So uh, I had to get past that. And that's what really helped me. So if you're a solopreneur or you're, you're an entrepreneur, uh, you, it, it doesn't matter if you're, you can call yourself a solopreneur, nobody's solo. You have to, you have to have community around you, you have to have people around you. I always called it a friendly board of, like, if you don't have, you know, if you don't have a board of directors, have a friendly board of advisors, put people around you that you can go to for honest feedback. Yeah, a huge challenge for yeah. people who own their own business and are sitting like in a home office or making their phone calls alone or, you know, making appointments one on one. Yeah. Who who do they have that they can trust to ask for help right. when right. they're in a time of need? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. were you going to say something else? I was just if you can't if you can't. Uh, uh, I was just going to say if you can't find it organically, buy it. In other words, in other words, uh, hire coaches, hire people that it's well worth the investment because you'll you'll make that back on the bottom line uh, tremendously because you've got wisdom to draw on that you don't have to learn from trial and error. Yeah, that's right. True. You don't have to be alone, even if you don't have a mentor or a board of yeah. other like minded people, you can hire a coach. There's lots totally. of yeah, all yeah, kinds. Totally. And I always say the best coaches have coaches. So of course, that's good, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> so I know you're writing a book now. You're a leader in ministry. You're also a leader um, in business. And you and I know that when you're running yourself, sometimes it's hard to manage time. And yeah. I just got a bunch of feedback uh, from solopreneurs and uh, staying organized and managing their time is a big challenge. It is. How are you managing it now? Like you, you've learned, you have a lot of experience and wisdom. Tell me, what is your secret to managing good time? Well, first of all, I always say you can't find time. You have to make it. Okay. So you, you, have to, you have to schedule it. You have to make sure that you're blocking off. I always tell, especially people that have maybe are working and then they're starting something. So they're like a, a entrepreneurial, but it's on a side, you know, a sidebar. 
yeah. you, you have to treat it like a part-time business. So you have to actually schedule your time or you'll never get to the stuff you need to get to. That's one thing. The other thing I did is I actually looked at what I was best at and what my, my skill sets would bring to the table in order to get the best results. And I even color block it in my schedule. And so I only work on those things. I try to spend 80% of my time on those things. And then I surround myself with my weaknesses. A lot of times people say, you gotta work on your weaknesses. But I spend my time working on my strengths. And then I surround myself with people who have strengths in the areas I'm weak in. And so that is how I manage time, is that I delegate authority. I give not just responsibility, I give them authority to carry out those tasks that need to be done. And um, now that for me in my world is also volunteers. That's not all paid staff, that's volunteers. That's people who just believe in our vision and believe in the, what we're doing. And so, uh, yeah, so I think even family members, so even a, an entrepreneur who's got their own business can actually draw on people that they know to lend them their strengths, especially yes. when it's their weakness. But when people start working on their weaknesses, then they're spending all their time on the weekend of things and it burns you out. It wears you out and it takes, it steals time from the things you're good at or you're best at. And maybe your joy too. If you don't, if you're not good and you don't enjoy it, then you're not even having fun. Might as well absolutely. have a job. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. It's uh, that's exactly what happens. And so, yeah, time management is important. Uh, but it's, uh, I want to do the things that bring me life. And that's one of my indicators. If I'm doing something and it's not bringing me life and I'm wrestling with it, I'm struggling with it. Okay. Some might say, Hey, you got to discipline through that and learn. No, I actually don't. I just realized, you know, I'm going to spend way more emotional energy on trying to make this work than if I just contract it out or I just give it away and let somebody else do that part. And I've actually had to make decisions on dropping things that I don't have a team. If I don't have the people around me that have those, that have those strengths on, on my weaknesses, then I'll drop a project if I have to. Because you gotta prioritize what is be you're best at and what gives you life and what your primary calling or your purpose is. And that's what I, so if, if I'm not encouraging, if I'm not uh, helping people develop healthy, um, healthy relationships, uh, and I'm finding myself in a bunch of other things, and I, I have to re reorg. And I've just done that recently. I had to let go of a couple of regular speaking opportunities because it was taking away from greater opportunity to speak in better places. Wow, like really picking and choosing priorities. Yes. Yeah, but I, I like what you're saying about um, the team because I think lots of time small business owners, you know, we have to do it all ourselves and we yep. know we should hire out, but you know, we're bootstrapped and maybe we don't have the money, but you're just making me um, think about even asking for volunteers or family, but um, you know, there could be students in marketing class or business oh. school that yeah. might really enjoy an opportunity to learn. Sure. Like, in fact, um, I highly recommend going to the local business school if you have one. We have a couple in town. We have one at UBC and we have another one at Okanagan College. And uh, I highly recommend they're looking for projects. Right. My, my daughter, you know, has a degree in marketing and they went to businesses in town and offered marketing help with their social media and whatnot because they needed to finish projects to get marked on. Yeah. 
There's lots of opportunity out there for help. And the other thing is there's more than more than just uh, money that people are interested in. You might have another trade off for them that would bring them uh, something to their lives that they really need. And so be open minded and and really go after that and and realize there's people out there that can help you. The other thing is you could put a time limit on just, you know, if it's a family member or somebody and just say, you know, I noticed that you have expertise in this area. You're amazing at this. Can I just have your, can I have six months, one a month, once a month, would you help me do this? Or put some perimeters on it. People like projects. So yeah. they'll come alongside you in certain projects, which will advance your company and your business. I love that idea. That is a great, yeah, yeah stirring up. So tell me, uh, for Mark Gordon, what's on the horizon? What are you looking forward to right now with your highest calling and what you're the best at? Well, I've written a book and it's at the publishers right now. It'll be released in September called Relationship Matters and it's building a healthy relational culture because I believe that a healthy relational culture is what organizations, families, uh, you know, need the most. And so uh, it's a very practical, uh, inspiring but practical book that will give you real clues and including developing a vision statement like I have uh, for your life and for your family life. And so that is really important. And, um, and so, yeah, and I'm doing that. I'm doing uh, speaking and workshops and, and different things like that. Uh, in addition, I'm doing a little less coaching nowadays. That's one of the things I had to lay down so that I could reach more people with the message and with the principles that I'm teaching. People kept telling me, man, people got to hear this. Like, and I was realizing I was giving all this out in in ones and twos and threes. And so we're just, we're kind of taking it to the next level. So if anybody's interested, it's markgordon.ca. And then I also have uh, something that's been wildly successful is uh, I have, if you look up uh, uh, Mark Gordon Relationship Matters on Facebook, I have a Mm -hmm. Facebook page there, a fan page. And I do a weekly encouragement video on Thursdays and I do a Tuesday relationship hack. And I, it's, it's absolutely mind-blowing how many people have reached out to me and said, man, that video just, I needed that right in that moment. So those are some of the things I'm up to, and I'm hoping for that book launch, like I say, September. And so there'll be information on those two places in the website and on the Facebook page uh, about it being launched. There'll be some pre-order specials and things like that if people want to jump in on yeah, that. Yeah, that's how you do it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing today. I know people find insight and hindsight from that. So thank you to Mark Gordon. Um, keep staying tuned for his book and you can find him on Facebook. Look up Relationship Matters, Mark Gordon, and maybe tune into one of those um, encouragement Thursdays or Tuesdays. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate your time. Thanks, Sue. It's great to be with you. I love this hindsight show you've done. (laughs) Thank you. And that is a wrap.